Welcome everyone to the gaming couch. Be it video games, card games, or board games, we'll have a good time playing. So come and join me on the couch. This is your host, Smart Boy. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, yeah, that's that's really all I got creatively today. Anyway. Oh, jeez, I'm wondering. So, last week there was a whole big talk about just difficulty, curves, why we play games, etc., etc., etc. And I kind of want to switch gears a little bit, some because of the game that a friend introduced me to that is a much newer game, so it doesn't have anything to do with like, the whole nostalgia feel of things, but it kind of ties into the idea of challenge, giving us something new to work with, giving us something, another way of playing games, things like that. You know, it it's hard to explain because the game is so open-ended, <laughs> to put it uh, simply. This game is called Kenshi, K-E-N-S-H-I. Uh, it's apparently, I, I did a little reading today, it's been in development for a very long time, and only recently, like December, did it actually get its official full version 1.0 release. And it definitely shows, like, also I read that the developer, it was like one developer, then it was a small team, then the team got smaller again, and da 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 da, da. like there's a lot of stuff that was just happening over time. So the game definitely could use some polish in certain areas. Like there's one, at this one point I was walking along this, not like a mountain mountain range, but it's a giant swamp and there's this pretty sizable raised area, not a plateau, like like a small mountain range sort of thing. And I have a base set up there and as I'm walking, I just go through the land onto like a rock below it and then back up on top of it. And it's like in this one area. I don't know why. So like I said, it could use some polish. Anyway, the game, to give you an idea, it's played in a way like Minecraft where there is no direction. It is stated as an open-ended RPG, and I think that's a very good way of explaining it. Because like Minecraft, it's just one of those, you're just in a world, go. There's no direction, just go you can build things, so build whatever you want. If you don't want to build a settlement, build a little shop within a city, or just be a warlord who goes from town to town pillaging, you know, whatever. So that's where the RPG part comes in. Because it's just this open-ended area, there is no class system. There is no leveling up. Like, you have stats, and the stats just go up based on things you do. So if you do, if you research a lot, you get a tech increase. If you fight a lot, you get strength and you improve your weapon proficiency, stuff like that. And then with that, you start as one character, but the game also gives you the opportunity, kind of pushes it in the trailers that you form a squad. You get a band together to do various things. And when you do that, obviously the people you recruit start as NPCs. Like I found this random person in a bar and I was talking to her and she was like, let's join forces. I'm like, cool and we joined forces so she started as an npc but then once she joined me she had her own line of stats and then whatever it is i assign her to do those stats increase so she kind of loses that idea of being an npc and just turns into another player character because you start with your own created character whatever race you pick whatever you look like you know whatever you start as that character and you pick a backstory not really a class but a backstory it's like did you start as a slave are you an outcast are you one of them is, like, they actually give difficulties based on your starting, and one of them is, just like, ultra-hard mode where you start in the middle of the desert with nothing. 
go. <laughs> and yes, if you're playing a living human being, because you can play what they call skeletons, which are robots, if you play that human being, yeah, you do starve. Like, you actually have to get water, get food, and all stuff. It's like, it's full-on survival mode. The challenge that I'm having with it kind of goes into that open-endedness. Because it's so open-ended and there's no linear, no linear story, it's simply straight up do what you want. There are NPCs, there are cities, etc., etc., you just don't know what to do at first. One, like it took me some time, and I finally had an idea of like, okay, this is this is what I actually kind of want to do. So let me start working towards this. Be- I'm a robot, and there's not a lot of robots from what I've seen, and most people hate them for whatever reason. So I'm like, you know, what would be cool. Set up this little settlement in the middle of the swamp on this raised area, and as I find more robot people, just recruit them and bring them here, make like a little a little haven sort of thing, like. I figured that'd be fun. Why not? And then every now and then, maybe just get a band together and go pillage. You know, go take out a couple camps or whatever. However, <laughs> my immediate challenge with that, as soon as I started making a settlement, as soon as I built the first building for my settlement, within like a day or two in-game, which there's a fast-forward button, so if you're doing menial tasks like mining, you can hit the fast-forward button to speed it up. Within the first day or two, which was about an hour or two in real time, oh, raiders were coming along to pay me a visit and demand money and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, yeah, you can fight. I could fight back if I wanted to. There's one of me and about 15 of them. And that's how, like, every raider group is. There's, like, 15 people in each raid party that kind of wanders around. So I could fight and get my ass just totally handed me you start with pretty much nothing in your stats. Like, all your stats start as very basic, like a 1, you know, like a level 1. And over time, they increase. So I'm seeing the challenge here of, like, well, what am I supposed to do to improve my fight stat? Because whenever I try and get into a fight, I'm easily outnumbered, and I don't have any squad yet. And as soon as I did start recruiting people with my squad, and I started to walk back to my haven, we got jumped by 15 people and, you know, got separated, and my party... Part of my party died, and da 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 So I'm conflicted over this game. I like where it comes from. I like the idea of this open-ended RPG, and you're kind of just dicking around and doing whatever you want. I always liked Minecraft for that. I, I love Minecraft for that whole idea of just build insane things and do whatever. So this kind of scratches that, that Minecraft itch, and then there's more details to it being that RPG, character-slash-somewhat-class character system... And there is actual interactions, like depending if you're a woman or male, if you're a robot, if you're a human, if you're part of the hive, like there's this hive race, people react differently to you and use different slang and stuff like that and treat you differently. So it is really cool seeing the interaction in the world. And I love all of that about it. So it's kind of sticking, I'm sticking to it for that, even though I keep running into these problems. And I'm finding ways around the raid parties. Like apparently the raid parties... They demand I pay them, but if I'm not in my settlement, like if I know they're coming and I run out of my settlement so they don't see me, and I wait, eventually they go away. They'll just run around a bit and then eventually leave. Right now, I think there's a glitch because I have these two buildings and there's a raiding party that for the past two in-game days, they just kept running in and out of the building, not leaving. So I'm like, the fuck am I supposed to do right now? Anyway, 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 I'm not that far into the game. All right, so I can't say too much about more of like 
late game stuff when I actually have like a full on settlement and so on and so forth. My friend's gotten there and he has like an entire part. He's talked about like he was trying to get into this one area, but they didn't like him. So he convinced them that the random guy that was in the party was their leader and the woman with them was actually a slave. Like he did some weird silver tongue stuff that made the organization be okay with their existence because otherwise they were all going to get slaughtered. Something weird like that. So yeah, it's it's cool. It's brutal at the same time. You know, it is... Death isn't, like, the end for you. Like, if you have someone else in your party, even if they're, like, in a different area of the map, if one of the characters goes down as an unconscious, you can send someone else over there to help them out, heal them, and things like that. So as long as you have two characters, which I don't, because, again, brutal slaughter, and I couldn't get back in time to save her, you always have a chance to kind of keep going. Though, if you're not really attentive, you're it's going to be tough, like, the even the area I live in, like these little weird red monster things that show up every now and then that are really hard to see because they blend in with the area because I'm on this like muddy ground that's has this off red tint. They kill I, I tried fighting one once, one on one, when I thought it was weakened, and it decimated me. So I just wait for them to pass by and then come back out. It's it's a game of survival. Like really hardcore survival that until you have fortifications or a group with you or something you're running like a bitch. Like, you're not taking anything on. And so the the difficulty of the game is different than other games. Like, a lot of RPGs, most of the time you don't run. It's either you're able to fight that thing, or there's some, like, a wait period you have to wait for that reinforcements come. Like, you know, something happens that you're able to actually take on the big bad. Very rarely is there an encounter you have that you have to run away. This one... The entire idea is run away because it's survival. Keep running, keep running, keep running until the odds are with you that you then turn around and be like, all right, it's go time. I'm going to take things back, so on and so forth. And it's slow while doing that. I'm I'm always doing the survival tactic of running away, running away, running away, trying to survive, though building things up is taking forever because I have the minerals around to use, but goddamn, does it take a minute and a half to do anything like mining stone alone takes a very long time. I'm talking real world, not in-game. Like, I'm sitting at my computer watching a few minutes of YouTube video on and off while I'm mining just to pass the time by. The The entire setup they have in this world, it's very realistic. Like, if you're looking for that realistic challenge, it works. Because in the real world, trying to build something takes a while. Hell, I got my gaming table the other week, and it took me seven hours to build the fucking thing. In this game... It takes, like, in-game time, it takes a lengthy time to set something up, even with the fast-forward button. Like, making a building with just one person, I'm sitting there just hammering at it for hours in-game, which, in real time, using the fast-forward button is a couple minutes. I'm not going to keep, like, stretching out, because most most of what I'm going to say is going to be repetitive, because, again, I'm not that far in the game. But, again, Kenshi, K-E-N-S-H, eh, K-E-N-S-H. S H. Wow, where's my English? K E N S H I. Kenshi. All right, Kenshi. Just check it. Check it out if you're interested. It is actually no. Let me pull up Steam right now. Why not? I'll give you even a price tag of it because uh, I don't know if I got it on sale or not. So I, I want to ensure that I give you the right price. 
Let's see. Steam. Let me spell it right. Yeah, 30 bucks. That's the other thing. It's for the extent of the game, because it is a real it's a it's a big world. Like it's a sizable world. And all the stuff you can do in it, there's quite a bit you can do while you're within the world. For 30 bucks, I can't really complain. And there's a lot of factions. There's a lot of different races. There's a like the entire RPG thing of you're a rampaging warlord. You're a traveling merchant. You're a developer making a settlement. Like There's enough you can do for 30 bucks that the replayability is there. And just the length of the game alone, even if it doesn't have a narrative, the entire idea of just surviving to improve yourself definitely keeps the game going. All right? Just be ready for some brutal survival and a few little, like, I wouldn't say game-breaking glitches, but little things. Like I said, the, I fell through the rock, which wasn't a bad thing. It didn't impact the game at all on a ground level. It just meant sometimes, like, when a, a raiding party came by and I was trying to hide from them, sometimes I'd miss one or two of them because they would disappear below the ground and then reappear on the other side. Like, it was always in the same area. It just... I, I forgot sometimes <laughs> that it was happening. Oh, man. Let me clean my throat. That's, that's that for that. Like, that's Kenshi in all of its kind of glory i guess you could say check it out uh other itches to be scratched wow i'm just kind of like it was an off week you know it was an off week just for those of you still in school or college or whatever actually not college people but anyone who's in school or teacher like me or works in the school setting you know this past week we just went back to school god damn was it just (laughs) a long week ah man Anyway, other things to uh, just kind of like think about with the direction of games. Slay the Spire. Didn't really get a chance to talk about it last time because we were talking about a few other things. But yeah, Slay the Spire with their big update that came out last month in November. Talking about just brutality out of left field. Kenshi's just brutal throughout. Just hitting you hard around every corner. Slay the Spire. For those of you who played it for a very long time throughout its beta, kind of like me, you got used to the game and... Even though there was still some challenge in making a run, you could put the pieces together enough that, okay, I can handle this. Now that they have the heart, they have Act 4, which is the very end, after you complete a run with the three main characters, which I think you have to do it, I'm not sure if you, I think you have to redo it after the update came out. So if you've yet to do it since the update, which is back in November, you have to do a run with all three of them again. Doesn't matter if it's Ascension or not. You get a key after completing the game with one of, of the three different characters. Once you have those three keys, you then, whoever you pick when you do another run, there'll be three different requirements to then get those keys back. So you unlock the, like, to access the keys, and then you have to recover them. And for those of you who've yet to play State Aspire, it is roguelike deck building. So every run is different, and the same idea is the same. Get just to the final act, kill the boss at the end. Each act has a, different, has a boss. There's three, now four acts. So standard stuff for, you know, the kind of roguelike procedure generated, and then it's deck building. And because of that roguelike element where everything's randomized, you never know what deck you're going to get going in. Each character has a few tricks up their sleeves of, like, what kind of decks they could work with, but you won't know what deck you're exactly using until you get a bit through Act 1 into Act 2. 
eventually you get used to it. And for those of you who've been playing it, you're kind of like me. You get used to it, and you can make a deck work. It doesn't matter the cards you get. You're so used to the three acts, and you know what to expect. That you could make just about any deck work with whatever cards you get. And now they threw a really fast curveball in there and kind of like sucker punched us with the heart. With this new act getting added in, the entire meta has changed. All three acts are still manageable. Especially Act 1 is fairly easy. Act 2, I used to hate it. I'm okay with the city now. Even the elites, I can get through it. Act 3, a few smart plays, and Act 3 is survivable. But then Act 4 hits you, and it's so short, and pretty much it's just two fights. One one uh, elite fight, like somewhat big fight, and then the final boss, the heart. And the way the heart plays, there's like... You could make the decks work, depending on the deck you get, but you have to be very specific. Like, you have to plan this thing out from the beginning. And like I said, anyone who's used to any sort of roguelike game, if you're talking Rogue Legacy, talking Isaac, Enter the Gungan, whatever, you know that you don't know the items you get until you get them. And now we have this boss, the heart, with the way the turn-based combat works in Slay the Spire, the energy system... The random trinkets you get, the random cards you get, like the, the fact that your entire build is very randomized, and it comes down to just like Isaac, Gungan, Rogue Legacy, like all those games, you're able to move around the field. So, as much as you might get trash stuff, you can still make things work because you're able to move around. But Slay, it's whatever cards I draw in my hand this turn, I gotta work with. And the heart hits you with everything, it hits you with every debuff. Every status card I could throw at you, an insane amount of damage, and you have to pray that you get good draws. The luck in Slay the Spire has really come forward right now and hit us like a fucking train. I had what I considered a very good strength deck. I was able to ramp up a lot of strength as the Ironclad. For those of you who don't know, strength increases the damage you deal on a one-to-one basis. So a normal strike card does six damage. If you have two strength, which is a lot in that game, it's hard to get strength. Two strength means it increases damage by two. So now strike goes from six to eight damage. All right. I also have to ramp up strength getting into like the hundreds. So a basic attack could do like a hundred plus damage. Real easy with that deck with just like two or three cards. I get to the heart. I'm feeling all right. I'm like, I can manage this real easy. And I have just enough defense cards because... Your defense in that game comes down to what cards you draw. Do you draw cards with block or not? That's how you get defense, aside from a few trinkets. I get to the heart, and turn two, turn two? I want to say turn two or turn three, it hits you with every negative card. Like, the status elements are essentially cards. Hits you with one of each of those. Next turn, what do I draw? All of those. So I get a dead hand, I can do nothing, and the heart just wails on me. And I died instantly. Planning this out now is insane. I was like, I was pissed. I'm like, if I didn't get all those status cards in my hand, I would have won. I could have murdered that thing easily with what I had on me. All right. Even though the heart has a limit, like it can only take so much damage a turn. I could have taken that thing down. No big. Luck in that game is harsh. Kenshi, luck in that game is harsh, okay? With Kenshi, did you luck out? Did the Raiders kind of not harass you a lot and you're able to make things work? 
et cetera, et cetera, in Slay the Spire. I mean, I'm watching this guy. If you ever heard of him, Sunburned Albino, Sunburned Albino. I think he's hilarious, and I love watching him. It happened. I was watching him play Slay the Spire. I'm watching his entire series now that I found out he played through it. He has like 80-something episodes. And like he said, and I saw it, he had this great deck, an amazing deck. He got one turn of bad draws from status elements and lost. And there's just nothing you could do about it. Like, there are cards and trinkets that allow you to remove those cards. Yes. If you draw them, though, it doesn't matter. Like, okay, I drew these five cards. Three of them are status elements. I can remove them because I have blue candle if they're curses. Or if I have the first aid kit, I can remove them. They're statuses. Okay, cool. Uh, but do you have Dark Embrace from the Ironclad that says draw a card when you exhaust a card? Nope. Then it doesn't matter. You can get rid of them, but that turn is still a dead draw. Difficulty and luck I'm always conflicted with. You know, I feel like with Kenshi, if luck was a little nicer to me and I didn't have these raiders just constantly hammering down on me and then having this weird just two days of them sitting inside a building, I would be further and I'd have I'd be doing better. And Slay the Spire, if I lucked out and didn't draw those status elements right away, it would have been fine. What? Like... Luck, to some regards, has to be an element in games. And you know what? That's, that's going to be the motto of this episode. I know usually I drop them a little late. Again, I'm using this just as a moment to kind of like talk. I feel, to me personally, knowledge is very important. And so I use this kind of just like go about with what's in my mind and not plan things out. Just whatever comes to mind comes to mind. So luck is... Where, where I'm thinking about right now, luck is just, you need it to make a game different than the others. Like, if there's no luck involved, especially in a single-player game, multiplayer game, it's fine if there's no luck because you're fighting another human being, and then each match is always, like, every round of Call of Duty, every round of Halo, every round of Heroes of the Storm, any game that has multiplayer, will always be different, because how are the people playing? Single-player games, there needs to be some sort of luck involved, Otherwise, it just gets stale. You find the strategy that works, and then that's it. There's no point to game over because, like, this will always work. This is this is the the thing that will always work. Like, Fury, when you find a strategy against a boss, you just – you abuse that strategy because it will work. You know, there's still an element in Fury where a boss might do a different pattern at this time. Than, like, you might have planned for one pattern because you were up close and they did something different. So there's, there's some there, but, like – Kenshi and definitely Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire. You get that deck that works. One bad draw and you lose. Like It's good because, again, luck allows it to be a little more... What am I looking for? Unpredictable. That's not just I automatically win. It sucks, though. Because, again, it's like I should have won, but bad luck. And that sounds like a cop-out excuse I think, though, there's some merit to it. If you didn't draw these five cards, you would have been fine. And since those cards got put into your deck after the match started, there's nothing you could do about it. If those 20 Raiders didn't show up, I'd be doing fine. And I know because I have done some save gun save scumming in Kenshi because my first time with this character, the first time playing, and I want to try and get something done and not have to constantly restart my game. It's randomized. The, the The timing of the events are randomized. And these past two in-game days where there was two different raid parties showing up, 
if that didn't happen, I'd be elsewhere in the game right now. I'd have a lot more progress done. I'd be, it'd be great. So why, why luck? Why are we using luck in these games? We need to, in some regard, to keep things moving and keep things unique. Hell, in any RPG, Final Fantasy, it's a big one. With all the different ways enemies can attack, there is always some luck in there. You can have a great strategy planned, but you still have to be somewhat reactive. You can be proactive and plan out a strategy, but you need reaction ready also. What if the enemy does a different attack? Or what if this enemy does that one attack? Now you need to work against it. I remember playing Super Smash Bros. Brawl and doing very hard boss rush. I had that thing nailed to a T. I could take out every boss and lose very little health because of how many times I played through that. Because once I got to Taboo at the very end, if I, because usually he does, if I lucked out and he didn't go to the center of the screen and do that massive AOE screen clearing shot that on very hard mode will take a character out pretty much no matter the percentage, if I lucked out and he didn't do that, I had a pretty good chance. Problem is, he spammed the fuck out of that move, and I would go flying every time and always get killed there. He was always... That move is what stopped me beating very hard boss rush. And on top of that, the other move that he used, if I lucked out and he did a certain move, I could handle it easy, easily. Like if I was playing Ganondorf and he did one move, I could handle it easily. Because I'm a heavier character I'm a heavier character, so if he was doing the eye lasers that covered the ground, odds are I was gonna get hit a lot because Gandalf just he can't jump. <laughs> you know? He can't jump. So if I lucked out and Taboo went elsewhere with an attack and did more of an aerial attack. I'm fine. Luck is there. Luck is going to pop up in these games here and there, no matter the game, because it needs to. Hell, critical hits. There is an element right there. They do exist for a reason. Because you can't just let something get one-sided immediately. At that point, it just kind of gets dull and boring. Or just not fun to play anymore. If anyone's ever been stuck in a match, a multiplayer match, where there's this one guy that, for whatever reason, well, he's a high, like something happens and the servers match up against a guy that's a higher rank than you, whatever, and just completely decimates the round. It's just, you don't want to do anything more. It's like, it doesn't matter if I spawn in because he'll kill me instantly. Or on the flip side, it doesn't matter if I try anything because my, like, my teammate's going to win automatically. If it's a teammate that's just completely ridiculous, cool, I won, but what I do? You know, where was the enjoyment? There was no team fighting it. It was just this one guy doing the thing the entire time. So what? So we need luck. We need something to mess up the odds just right to keep us on our toes. It's terrible when it happens at the worst time, and it's terrible when it happens at the very end of a run and victory is almost in your grasp. It's great, though, when all hope is lost and there's no chance of you winning, and then something just squeezes out you just drew the right card or these re these friendly characters just showed up at the right time it is a do sex machina which is kind of bullshit but goddamn, does it feel so good so keep keep in mind games again still, still talking about difficulty a little bit luck is a factor in difficulty okay i apologize if my rants are slightly unprofessional. Again, I'm not doing this for professionalism. I'm doing it for fun. I'm doing it to just get some stuff that's on my mind out there to anyone who would listen. So I hope you kind of enjoy it, just the randomness of where 
the dialogue goes of these episodes now, since they're no longer really structured and there's no focus point for any of them. There's just what happened this week and just talk about it. Uh, on a second note, I'm not doing YouTube anymore. I know I did that a long time ago. I started doing that. I started to post every episode on YouTube. I'm not seeing anything come of that. And I don't really see any more like what the benefit would be to it. It's just another thing I have to do on top of everything else. So I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to stick just to the airwaves, stick with podcasts. I think that's just better. It's easier. And I know I have listeners there, no matter the numbers. So I'll figure something out next week. Get a little more, get a little more structure than I did this time. Cause this was a little kind of woo, everywhere. So we'll figure something better out to talk about next week. And uh, yeah, just for now, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Have a good week. Maybe a little bit of luck will be on your side and you'll get some good stuff coming your way. So until next Sunday or Monday, if you're listening then, whenever, take care.